Hello, and welcome back to, once again, another episode of Sports Tanks. I believe this is episode 6, with myself, Brandon Beasley. Now, like all the other episodes, before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by BetUs. BetUs is, once again, the newest sponsor of Off The Ball Network, and they have the fastest payout in the industry. They offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use the promo code off the ball in all caps, that's off the ball in all caps at sign up. Head over to betus.com and sign up today. Alright. Now, before I dive into these games, can I just say that uh, these conference finals games have not been nearly as entertaining as I expected. They have not been super close games. Um, I don't really understand why. A lot of, in the East anyway, a lot of players are hurt. Um, A lot of players are game to game. You don't really know who's going to play. And it kind of throws the rhythm off of the games a little bit. But um, they are very intriguing simply because it's not, at least in the East, it's not one team blowing out the other team in every game. It's literally one game, one team will blow them out. The next game, the other team blows the team out. There's no consistency, anything. It's very, it's very weird. Now, the Eastern Conference Finals, I said this in a previous episode. I'm really hoping for Boston to pull it out, and I think they can. I think if Boston can have two games in a row, like they just won, this past game, if they can come out this next game and just dominate like they have, they don't even have to really dominate. If they can just win a game on the road, then I really think that they have a good chance to advance because the way that series is going, it really seems like it's just going to keep going back and forth and that would not be good for Boston. But, I do believe that they can pull it out. Now, Miami, on the other hand, you could tell in that last game that Miami just did not have that spark that they usually have off the bench. Um, I think Tyler Hero being out affected them a lot more than, uh, than they expected it to. And Jimmy Butler, I mean, Jimmy Butler, you, there's clearly something wrong. I don't know exactly what. I don't think anything has actually came out that says there's anything wrong. But you can clearly see that there is. Um, in this last game, Boston dominated the entire game. I think all of the starters were pulled midway through the third quarter. I mean, we'll go over the stats. but So for Miami, a stat that I uh, heard during the game actually was... I think Miami starters scored 12 total points, and I do believe that is the lowest total point scored by a starting five in NBA playoffs history. Um, kind of wild. So, yeah, Bam had nine, Kyle Lowry had three, P.J. Tucker had zero, Max Struess had zero, Jimmy Butler had six on three of 14 shooting. That is very unlike Jimmy Butler. Um, one thing that he has almost prided himself on 
in these playoffs in particular is how efficient he's been. I mean, he had a game where he had 41 on 19 shots. Like, shot making and um, intelligent shot taking has been a big thing for Jimmy Butler. And it just didn't seem like that that was in the cards for him the other night. Um, yeah, he had 6 points, 7 rebounds, 3 of 14 shooting. He only had one turnover, but... Now, what was a little surprising is there was one guy on the uh, Miami Heat who was hitting a little bit. He kept him in the game for quite a while until Boston just blew it open. Uh, Victor Oladipo off the bench, played 30 minutes, had 23 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Shot 7-16, not the best, but like I said, he wasn't getting any help. Um... If the rest of his team produces even a little bit, then maybe they do something. Uh, shot 4 for 7 from 3. Not bad at all. Only had one turnover as well. Very good game from Victor Oladipo. I was slightly surprised just because, I mean, every nobody on Miami could buy a bucket. I think the game started off like 15 to 1. They were down 15 to 1. Can you imagine being on a professional basketball team and being down 15 to 1? Imagine how bad you must feel in that moment. Now, they probably didn't feel any kind of way because they're pros and they know that the game is full of ups and downs. But I know that if I was in the game and we were down 15 to 1, I would not even feel like that I, w- I wouldn't even feel like a p- professional basketball player. I would look at my entire team and be like, guys, we can't make one shot. They started the game over I think it was over 14 or over 15. That is insane. You guys are professional basketball players. I understand that. Boston's a great deal. It does not. No, it doesn't matter. There's no excuses. No nothing. You started off over 15. You cannot expect to win anything shooting over 15 to start a game. It doesn't happen. It will not happen. Any team that starts off shooting over anything teen in a game. You know right then and there that they are not going to win. 100% chance. I I don't even know this for a fact, but it seems so obvious that I'm going to say it one and that it's definitely true. I can guarantee that there has never been a team that started 0 for 15 and won a game. They may be the only team in NBA playoff history to start a game over fucking 15. Do you realize how unprepared you had to be for that game? That means in your warm-ups you didn't give a fuck what you were doing. You were just throwing up some lazy shit. Uh, lay up here, lay up there. No focus, no urgency, no nothing. That is crazy to me. The Miami Heat are... Two wins away right now from making the finals with a good shot of winning the finals. The last time they made the finals, they got swept by 
the Lakers with LeBron and AD. Those back in the bubble. But um Yeah, so they should be chomping at the bit, doing everything possible to get back to the finals. And I just can't I can't understand how you allow yourselves to come out that unfocused with zero sense of urgency in a game that matters so much. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, one possible positive for um, Miami, Duncan Robinson hasn't been playing hardly at all because he right now can't shoot the ball for shit. But in this last game, he did shoot 5 for 11, but seeing four threes go in, seeing for shooters like Duncan Robinson, seeing anything go in the basket is a positive. And it can almost help him build a rhythm. So watch out for the next game. I there is a chance that he um he has a slight impact. I would not I would not be surprised. Now there is a chance also that they don't play him and he does the same exact fucking thing they did before. But like I said before, I went on that rant. Um, they had no sense of urgency. That spark that they usually have in games just wasn't there. I think um, I think Tyler, Tyler Hero's injury affected them a lot more than they expected. And this may be showing them now how valuable Tyler Hero is to that team. He comes in off the bench and he's usually getting buckets right away. Instant offense, instant spark, instant run when Tyler Hero comes in the game. And not having that for them, that may possibly have a... Affected them a lot differently than they expected. That's enough of me shitting on Miami. They had a fucking terrible game. And that's all there is to it. They probably won't even watch the tape. They'll probably um, just go through practice. They may practice a little harder if they even practice right now. Um, They're definitely going to find out what the fuck is wrong with Jimmy Butler. And I'm sure they'll come out next game ready to go. But, um... For Boston in that game, Robert Williams had 12 and 9. Jalen Brown only had 12 and 7. Shot 5 for 20, 1 for 6 on threes. That's a bad game for him. Al Horford. Al Horford has found a way to just consume the entire fountain of youth. I remember two, three years ago, Al Horford was looked at as a has been. By me personally, I looked at Al Horford like he did not have anything left. And it was time for him to retire. And him coming back like this on a team that he previously did not perform very well on, in my opinion. I know they made the playoffs, and I think they even made the conference finals the last time Al Horford was on the Celtics. But I don't believe that he played nearly as good. I I can almost guarantee that he did not play nearly as good as he's playing right now. And... I don't really know what that attributes to, but the fact that he's playing this good, I think, is really helping them. Now, he did not... I think he had two points at the end of the first half, and he was pl- his plus-minus was plus 24. That is so good. His defense has been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, even, even in the last series, he was guarding Giannis better than I've ever seen anybody guard Giannis. I mean, it seemed like Giannis was... By definition, unguardable. Literally, nobody could guard him. Nobody could keep him from getting to the rim. 
Nothing. And Al Horford has done the best job on Giannis than anybody that I can think of. And that has continued in this series. His defense has been spectacular. I've been very, very impressed with what Al Horford has done. Um, for the full game, he had 5 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. The 5 points doesn't really matter. That's what's crazy. Al Horford is not expected to score. So when he does score, it's almost like a bonus for them. I think I said this whenever he dropped 30, but... Derek White, he started for him. Marcus Smart was out with that ankle. Like I said, this series has been so back and forth, not knowing who's going to play, who's not going to play. I think Marcus Smart has literally played every other game. Like, he plays one game, re-aggravates his injury, sits out a game, comes back the next game, re-aggravates his injury, sits out again. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but shout out to Derek White. He probably will never see this, but he did just have a kid. That's why he missed the last game. Congratulations, brother. Um... He had 13, 8, and 6. That eight, those 8 rebounds, 6 assists, that's, that's, that's good for Derek White. He's not known mostly for his rebounding. He did shoot 4 for 14 and 1 for 8 from 3. Not great, but it honestly, in that game, it doesn't really matter. Did not matter. They still blew the fucking brakes off of him. Jason Tatum had 31, 8, and 5. Shot 8 for 16. I'm pretty sure Jason Tatum had... 27 points. It was either 24 or 27 at the end of the half. And granted, they, again, he didn't play in the fourth quarter, I don't think, at all. He played 33 minutes total. He may not. He may have played a little in the fourth quarter, but it, I don't think so. Shot 8 for 16. 14 for 16 from the free throw line. If Jason Tatum can consistently get to the free throw line that much, this Boston team is is going to be on a nice roll. I don't think anybody can beat them if he's getting to the line that much. Imagine, he didn't even play in the fourth quarter, and he was getting to the line. He got to the line 16 times. So, doing, trying to do some quick math. 16 by 3, that's like 4, it's like 4, 5 times, maybe 6 times a quarter. So, let's just say that he gets fouled another six, or he gets another six to seven free throws. That's 37, 38 points on top of whatever field goals he would, would make in that fourth quarter. Jason Tatum could have, if this game was at all competitive, he could have easily finished with maybe even 50, but definitely 40 something. He would have definitely had 40 something again in the playoffs, which is crazy. Jason Tatum being 24 years old and being this good is amazing, especially in the, the way the league is now. It is, in my opinion, it is very hard to come in and instantly produce the way that Jason Tatum has ever since coming from Duke. It, I've been so impressed. I have been so impressed by Jason Tatum that I'm starting to be convinced that once LeBron retires, because nobody will ever take LeBron's spot in my head. But once he retires, I do think that Jason Tatum is going to be my next favorite player. Um, I've said this. I don't know if I've said it on the pod or not. But I'm not a big, in basketball, professional basketball, I'm not a big follow a team guy. 
I'm a big follow-a-player guy. I followed LeBron through his entire career when he got drafted in 03. Um, been a fan of whatever team he's been on since then. And I really think that that's going to happen with Jason Tatum for me. I really do. I, I love the way he plays. He's got... Now, I'm not comparing him in any way to Kobe Bryant, anything like that. But when he plays... He's got a little bit of Kobe in him. Just a little bit. He's got that, that little bit of Kobe in him. He may not have the same mentality, but he's got a little bit of Kobe in him. And it it's it's so fun to watch. It, it is. Um Grant Williams didn't shoot well. Doesn't really matter. They blew the brakes off of him. Peyton Pritchard. I have been so impressed with Peyton Pritchard. I remember when he got drafted, I think last season. Um, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he was praising him very highly. Uh, But I did not really think that he was going to turn out to be impactful in the playoffs. I honestly didn't think he was going to be good enough to be in the rotation in the playoffs. But he has been played a very big part for them. He is such a smart player, defensively and offensively. I saw him get a couple of steals, just being in the right place at the right time. And his jump shot is beautiful. And he's got some fucking range. I've seen this man take jump shots from easily three to five feet behind the three-point line. Just mm, money, wet like water. It blows my mind sometimes how good Peyton Pritchard is. Um, I do believe there is a chance that he will eventually start on this team. The only reason he doesn't start is because of Marcus Smart. But I do believe there is a chance, a, a time where he becomes a starter in the league. Uh, if Marcus Smart comes back in the next game and the Celtics don't just sh- absolutely shit the fucking bed, then I think that there's a very good chance with Jimmy being banged up, Tyler Hero probably not playing that they could take this series over if when Marcus Smart comes back. The series is tied 2-2. I made my prediction. I said I think Boston's going to win. I st- I'm very I'm still sitting on that hill. I will die on that hill to be completely honest. Um Yeah. So, on to today's game. Um the Dallas Mavericks actually won a game, very surprising in my to me. They won 119-109. to um, It was kind of a blowout getting into that third quarter. There was a point in time where Steve Kerr had took at, taken out his entire starting five. And it really seemed like that they had just thrown in the towel. And they were just going to get ready for the next game. But their, uh, their bench players played very well. Moses Moody. I do believe is his name. Yeah. He had 10 points, shot 4 for 7. Big help in them coming back. Jonathan Kaminga. I have been... In the little time that we've seen Jonathan Kaminga play, I can say that he is NBA ready. And I don't think... That may be because Steve Kerr's not putting any pressure on him. He has no... Like, the game is not on his shoulders in any way. He can kind of just go out there and play freely. And right now, with him being this young... I think that's a perfect way to treat him. And I think, I mean, he had 17 points, 8 rebounds, shot 5 for 11. Not great shooting, but it doesn't really matter. Um, 
played 21 minutes. But, yeah, that whole bench unit for Golden State, really, they really impressed me, man. They came back, and I think they cut it to 10 with four minutes left in the game. Steve Kerr brought all the starters back. They just couldn't get the job done. Um, Kevon Looney did not have as big of an impact in this game as he had. Kevon Looney had been playing really good. Eating the glass, I think he was averaging like 10, 12 rebounds in the series before this game. He was averaging like 13 points, which isn't a lot, but when most of his points are going to come from dump-offs when people are driving and just garbage points, I mean, averaging 13 and 10, is that, that's perfect for this Warriors team. Because they, what the only thing that they really lack is a big who can dominate the boards and just clean the garbage. Take up all the garbage and just do what you need to do with it. He did have a block, but Steph Curry had 25 and 8. Shot 7 for 16. Not great, but again, who cares? 4 for 5 from the free throw line. 2 for 5 from 3. The fact that Steph Curry only got five threes is pretty uh, surprising. I mean, as everybody in the world who watches basketball knows, Steph Curry can easily get 10, 15 threes up in a game without without really any uh, any pushback. I mean, even if you're face guarding him the whole game, he's going to get his shots. So the fact that he only took six threes is kind of or five threes is pretty surprising. Clay Thompson. He had a better game, 12 points, 5 for 10, 2 for 6 on 3. I feel so bad for Klay Thompson because they, I mean, there's a chance that they still do win the title, but he has just not played like Klay Thompson, which you can't really expect him to play as good as he did before he got hurt. Uh, Had the torn ACL, then the Achilles. I mean, his body's still recovering, and he's still getting back into the groove of the game. But... Yeah, I just it's been a struggle for Clay. Andrew Wiggins has really done a good job in these playoffs, especially this series and the last series. I think he's really emerged, not necessarily showing why he was a number one pick because I think he's kind of past anybody caring about him being a number one pick. But he definitely shows that he's got fight in him. He's got grit because it always looks like that Andrew Wiggins just kind of doesn't really give two shits about what happens, but he's been playing with some fire, some passion, and he's been doing really good, I mean, shot 5 for 11, 13 points, not great, but 1 for 3 on 3s, but these past couple, especially in the first quarter, maybe first half of this this series in particular, Andrew Wiggins has either kept them in the game, or just kind of helped them get into the game, and I I think his uh his presence cannot be understated. Draymond Green had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. That's kind of a stat line that's normal for Draymond. Jordan, Poole, Jordan Poole's maturity, especially in this series, has... Or I should say his lack of maturity has really shown itself in this series. There's been a couple of times where he just keeps going with the refs. Keeps going, keeps going, gets a tech, keeps going... Just kind of for no reason. Even after his teammates are like, yo, 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 we don't we don't need that right now. And all that. But he is, how old is he? He's 22. Literally, he's literally younger than me, which blows my mind. But So he'll learn. He'll definitely learn. Um, I just, I don't know. 
Shot 5 for 10, 2 for 5 from 3. Once again, they lost 109 to 119. But Dallas, I was very impressed by everyone on Dallas. First person I'm going to start with is Reggie Bullock. He went 0 for 10 in the last game, 0 for 7 from 3, right? In this game, 18 points, 6 for 10 from the field, way better. And 6 for 10 from 3. Imagine how confident you have to be in your jump shot to go from a game where you literally didn't make a basket to making 60% of your threes. Like, 60% from three is an unreal number. Just to put into context for whoever doesn't know what's a good three-point shooting percentage, if you're shooting, I'd say 35%, and up from three, you were considered a good three-point shooter. So the fact that he is shooting 60% from three, if he shot 60% from three his entire career, he would be known as the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. Now, granted, it's only one game, so like I'm kind of blowing it out of proportion, but shooting 60% from three is crazy. It really is. Um, didn't turn the ball over. Reggie Bullock just had a great game. He's really good on defense, too. I did not expect that. He played, um, I do, I think he was on that Lakers team when they won the chip. I could be wrong, but he wasn't, he was definitely a, a helping piece in that, but he was definitely not as big in, on that team as he is on this team. It's kind of wild. Um, Jalen Brunson, 15, 5 and 5, shot 5 for 12. Not great. Doesn't matter. Got the job done. When Jalen Brunson is attacking and helping out Luka, this team is so much better. It's kind of crazy. Luka had 30, 14, and 9, shot 10 for 26. He's, it's, I keep saying crazy and I kind of feel stupid that I just keep using the word crazy. But it's pretty mind-blowing that um, Luka Doncic shoots Kind of bad from the field, and he just, I mean, I understand why he has the green light, but, like, you got to make more shots. 10 for 26. Could you imagine if he made three more of those shots? I'd put him at 50%, and he probably would have had 36, 40 point, 36 to 40 points, and they still win. Shot 10 for 10 from the free throw line, 3 for 11 from 3, not great. Once again, doesn't matter. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, I was literally talking to some friends the other day. And I looked at one of them that was a Mavericks fan. And I was like, bro, your boy needs some help. And he's like, nah, he's got Dorian Finney-Smith. I was like, what? What did you just say? He's like, yeah, we got Dorian Finney-Smith. He's better than Draymond Green. I was like, I mean offensively sure but he does not bring anything like Draymond Green does anyway I was ba- I basically trashed Dorian Finney-Smith for a good 15-20 minutes just shitting on him the gods must have uh told him about it because he had 23-6-2 shot 9 for 13 4 for 7 from 3 I mean that's great for Dorian Finney-Smith I'm not in no way do I think that Dorian Finney-Smith is a bad player, but he's not a premier scorer. He's not really a big guy. 
And I've been saying that Dallas needs a true big, not named Kristaps Porzingis, to help them out. I think a true big with Luka Doncic would really do them a lot of favors. Um, They don't rebound very well either. I think they actually won the rebounding this game, which is a big, big part. Spencer Dinwiddie had 10 and 8. Maxi Kleba, it was good to... It was good for one Dallas, two Maxi Kleba, and it was just overall good to see him actually make shots this game. He'd been struggling, particularly in this series, and he had been a uh, a big help to this Dallas team in general. And I was talking to another one of my buddies, and he was like, you know who's super underrated? Maxi Kleba. And I completely agree. I think that in years past, he had just kind of been overlooked Maybe wasn't given as big of a role, whether it's because they didn't think he could take it or they had someone better, whatever. But the way that he has fit in with this Dallas team, I even saw him block a couple of shots, not necessarily in this game. He did have three blocks this game, but he's blocking shots. I mean, he's 6'10", 30 years old. Oh my gosh, I did not realize he was 30. That's kind of crazy. There's that fucking crazy word again. But, yeah, I've just been very impressed with the production out of Maxi Kleba on both sides of the floor. He's another one of those bigs that's very smart defensively. Just knows when to, what spots to get in and when to get there. Frank Nielkita had five. Davis Bertans had five. I mean, uh, when this game started, I thought that Golden State may blow them out of the water. Um, they may have just came out not ready to play. They were up 3-0. They are like, eh, we can walk on this team and get a win. But Dallas definitely showed some fight. Um, I still think Golden State's going to win the series. I think they're going to go back to San Fran and just handle their business. I think they believe that. Um, I definitely believe that. And that's just how I see that going. I do believe, when is the draft? Give me just a second. I'm sorry. When is the... The... I'm not seeing anything that tells me when the draft is. I do believe it's oh Thursday, June 23rd. So the draft is coming up. It, I think it's about it's little less than a month away. Um, I'm very surprised. Or God, I keep using that word. I'm very intrigued by the draft. Um, I know a couple of guys in it. I'm gonna do some more research on the draft, and I think I'm going to do either, I don't know if I'm going to make it one episode, it may be two, it may be a couple episodes, where I just go through the guys that are projected to get drafted, and give my thoughts on them, give my thoughts on 
the fit that they'll be with the team that they're projected to get drafted in and that kind of stuff. So I got some things planned for this. Um, I know right now I haven't put out, I've been putting out maybe like once a week in terms of pods, but I got some things going on and I'm about to move here soon. And yeah, I just got some stuff going on. So once I get settled and all that, um, I think I'm going to make this, I haven't decided if I want to go three times a week yet or two times a week. Feel free to leave your input on what you would want, whether three times a week, two times a week, one time a week, every day. If I get enough people saying that they want to hear me talk every day, then uh, I'll figure out a way to do something. I will make sure that I have something for you guys every day. But yeah, as of right now, I'm trying to get at least one out a week. I'm not I'm not on any particular schedule right now, but I will I will have it figured out eventually. Yeah. So I do believe that's all I have for you right now. My Yankees did beat the fucking Orioles baby tonight in 11 innings. We won 7 to 6. I'm a big Yankees fan. I know we haven't talked any baseball on this, but big Yankees fan here. Um, If you ever hear me talk about baseball, it'll more than likely only be about the Yankees because I am not, I don't watch a lot of baseball simply because I tend to fall asleep when I do. I think it's kind of boring to watch. It's definitely more fun in person to watch, but I do keep track. Aaron Judge, five at-bats, went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. Anthony Rizzo had a hit, a home run. Let's go. One for three. Giancarlo Stan only had two at-bats, struck out once. Glaber Torres had two hits, three runs, two RBIs, and two home runs. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm an idiot. Oh, no, he did have two home runs. Okay. Yeah, so my... My Yanks pulled it out. We're not nearly as good as I thought we were going to be, and I say that as we're 13-30 and 30 at the top of the AL East. Um, But yeah, I don't understand, because the Yankees could really just go out and buy a star-studded team. Now, that may just be ignorant me saying that, because that's what we always do, and maybe it's not like that anymore, but I think we could go out and buy a star-studded team. Right now at the bottom of the eighth or the end of the eighth inning, the Mets and the Giants are tied at eleven. That is crazy. Um, yeah, you guys don't give a fuck about what I have to say about baseball. Um, thank you guys for watching. I appreciate all the support. Make sure you go follow Off the Ball Network on all um, platforms. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter. I'm Brandon underscore Beasley. On Instagram, I'm Brandon underscore Beasley. On TikTok, it is Beesman, B-E-E-Z-M-A-N, with three underscores. Um, And make sure y'all go check out Off The Ball's website. We just redid our entire website. It's literally offtheballnetwork.com. Make sure you go check that out. You can find this podcast here. You can find all of the podcasts on our networks, or on our network there. You can, uh, we have writers too, and they put out great podcasts. Great pieces. Um, you can read those there. 
Everything you need to find about Off The Ball Network is on the website. That's offtheballnetwork.com. Um, I appreciate you guys. And I'll catch you on the flip side, baby.